Welcome to Kohler Mania. Thank you for joining us today. We are so happy to have you here with us. I am Tanya. And I'm Michael. And we are getting into a new series. And we are going to be talking about the love languages and how that applies to us as husbands and wives and to our children. It's a whole family podcast that we can really learn from and understand how we can support one another in those different love languages and how God made each one of us and how we should respond to these love languages with our children and with our spouse. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it. Michael, can you Take us through a great intro here. Yes, we are looking at the famous five love languages. The five love languages are really important to know for any relationship, as Tanya said, for marriage, for child rearing, even for friends and whatnot, any relationship. You may be familiar with the five love languages, and if you are, it's always a good reminder because in the daily work of marriage or any relationship, we tend to let a lot of these important things go. You know, love is the heartbeat of marriage. Love is the heartbeat of any relationship, really, is it not? If you have read Love and Respect by Emerson Egridges or heard our podcast on this, you know that love and respect is the fuel and grease that makes marriage or any relationship run and run smoothly. This is why God commands in Ephesians 5 in verses 25 and 33 for husbands to love their wives and wives to respect their husbands. Respect is the male dialect of love. Respect is the lens through which men tend to view love. Love and respect showed us how we can view love very differently, but think that everybody views love the same way we do. This is an important concept to know or constantly be reminded of. There are types of love or what some call languages of love. We all speak different love languages. Men tend to speak a different love language from women in general, and we all speak different love languages from each other with different dialects. But love in general is usually the main reason why we get married. Love draws us to each other so much so that we don't want to just see each other on dates and then go to our separate homes. We want to live life together, combine our lives live in the same home, become one, as God says in the Bible. The man shall leave his parents and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. Even if someone arranges their marriage, love is still a major component of the marriage. In the case of arranged marriage, love is developed after the marriage versus being the driving force that brings the marriage together. But even in an arranged marriage, love needs to be the heartbeat of that marriage if it is going to function properly for the well-being and prosperity of all involved. And whether we are married out of love or it was arranged, love is the glue in that marital oneness that we need to cultivate when we're married. We must be intentional about cultivating love. Love can have a mind of its own before we're married. And before we're married, we have to work to keep our eyes open in order to evaluate the other person as a good spouse. Because love can sometimes be deceiving. Infatuation can disguise itself as love. And we can fall in love with someone who is just not marriage material at all. And once we are married, we have to be intentional about doing things that strengthen our love for each other and be on guard for those things that drive a wedge between us and start pulling us apart. Even if it's just being so preoccupied with the busyness of life, work, taking care of children, church activities and whatnot, that our love with each other just grows stale. Here's where the five love languages comes in. The five love languages was a groundbreaking book by Gary Chapman. The premise of the book is that we tend to think that everybody else defines love the same way. It's natural to think that everybody sees the world the same way that I do, but they don't. 
And my spouse and children can see the world in drastically different ways than I do. So if I love my spouse in the way that I like to be loved, but my spouse feels love in a completely different way, my spouse can feel unloved. The same is true for our children. If I love my children in the same way that I feel loved, but each of my children may feel love in an entirely different way, then my children can feel unloved. Feeling unloved can have very negative side effects. It is crucial to our marriage and family relationships that we know the love languages of our spouse and children. Let me ask you right now, do you know the love language of your spouse and each of your children? If you can't rattle that off right away, you need to listen closely to our podcast on this. It is crucial. If you know their love languages, are you loving them in their love language? It is one thing to know their language. It is an entirely different thing to do it. God tells us in James one twenty two to not just be hearers of the word, but doers. God knows there tends to be a big disconnect with us with knowing something and actually doing it. So even if you are familiar with the five love languages, it's always a good reminder to hear it again and be inspired to do it. I know you know the five love languages. Tanya, what are the five love languages? Yeah, let me think, because, you know, I had to, we had to do this at the beginning of our marriage um, through our counseling, but touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, acts of service. Our touch communicates love with hugs and kisses, holding hands and such. And we did that so much at the beginning um, of our marriage. That's definitely something that comes easy, right? When you're first dating, we can communicate love with our words, like saying, I love you. I'm so proud of you. And that just, I know that fuels both of us because we're both words of affirmation. Um, spending quality time with someone communicates, I love you because I want to be with you as much as possible. Giving gifts says you're special to me and I love you. Doing things for someone says, let me show you how much I love you by caring for you with doing things for you. Yes, we're, we're going to unpack these one at a time in a series of short podcasts on each one. Now, it's important to note that we all love with all these love languages, yeah. but one or two of these tend to stand out predominantly. And it's important to know what our predominant love languages are. We need to love our loved ones with all of the love languages, but we also need to make sure we are primarily loving our loved ones in the love languages they primarily speak. We reflect God's character in the area of love. We were made in his image. And the Bible says that God is love. It's such a big part of his character that he's defined by it. And love is a big word with a lot of meaning. It has to be in order to encompass who God is. The word love is so big that we really would need about a million different words to encompass what it all means and how we happen to be using the word in the moment or communicate how I understand the word. It is impractical to have this many words, so we just have one word in English for love, and context has to determine what exactly we mean when we say we love a hamburger, or we love our friend, we love our children, we love our spouse, we're making love. We obviously mean something a little different in each of these contexts, and context can do a pretty good job of letting someone know that we mean something different when I say I love a hamburger and I love my child. But context can't clear up all the confusion that can happen when a wife has a different concept of what love means and the husband has a different concept in mind when he thinks of love. 
Now, the Greek language has several words for love in order to try to be a little more exact. They have about seven different words for love, I think, and the main ones are agape, phileo, eros, and storge. Agape love is that 1 Corinthians 13 love that is patient, kind, unconditional, looks out for others, servant love, that deep love that God has for us and we should have for him and for our family. Phileo love is brotherly love, the love we have for our friends. Eros love is that romantic, sensuous, passionate love for our spouse. Storge is affectionate love we have for family and children. God is love in every good way. He loves us unconditionally as family and as a friend. God is love, and he made us for love, to love him and to love each other as the body of Christ. Like God, we love in so many ways, but each of us tends to love in our own particular way. And so when I tell my wife, I love you, and she tells me, I love you, and we tell our daughter, we love her, and she says, I love you back, in our minds, we may have a different idea of what love means, or at least how to communicate that love different love languages. Love to you may mean hugs and kisses. Love to your spouse may mean saying, I love you. Love to one of your children may mean giving gifts. Love to another of your children may mean doing things for one another. We all communicate love through all the love languages of touch, words of affirmation, quality time, gifts, acts of service. But I know for me, I communicate love primarily through touch and words of affirmation. And Tanya, I believe you communicate love primarily through quality time and also words of affirmation. And our child communicates love primarily through quality time and maybe also through words yeah, of so. affirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, she is she is young, so we're still evaluating that. It's it's very important as a family that we understand how each of us primarily defines or communicates love. We love the members of our family. We want them to feel how much we love them. We don't want there to be a disconnect. This is great intro into our mini series of the five love languages. And that kind of gives us a great summary as to what we're getting into in these coming podcasts. So in the next podcast, we're going to look at touch, communicating love through such things as hugs and kisses, holding hands and such, how touch communicates to a loved one. I love you with those who have touch as their primary love language. This is how they primarily communicate to one another. I love you and how they feel from you. You love me. God made them to communicate love through touch. And these series are so exciting because we can apply them even today. We can start to begin to evaluate, you know, what does my husband or what does my wife um, find as a love language? So we're excited. We hope that you join us through each of these mini podcasts to understand from our perspective the love languages and that you can apply them into your home today. And we just want God to be the center and we want God to be glorified in our families. And so join us as we continue in this journey. And until next time, God bless. bless.